how well do you listen? Don't look at the person next to you, right? This is a question for you. So I'm going to give you a test, and I want to see how well you listen, all right? So why are 2019 pennies worth more than 2018 pennies? Anybody know why? Why are 2019 pennies worth more than 2018? Because 2019 pennies are worth $20.19. 2018 pennies are worth $20.18, Right? You get that? No. All right, how, how about this question? Which month contains 28 days? Very good. See, now you're, you're catching on a little bit. All of them do, right? Here's the last one. There is one word in the English language that's always pronounced incorrectly. What is it? Very good. See, now, I know that those questions were intended to trick you, right? Uh, but if you listened, I mean, the response really was there. Now, if we were all honest, we would all say we struggle a little bit with listening. All of us do. Um, we struggle with that at different kinds of times. Listening is a crucial skill for all relationships, whether you're married, you know, whether you're dating, whether you have good friends, even relationships within a church. Being able to listen well is such a crucial thing. So how do I know if I have listened well? How do I know if I've listened well? There's probably two or three really good responses to that question, depending upon what the circumstance is. But in Matthew, the seventh chapter, Jesus answers this particular question by telling us a story. And his answer to that question, how do I know if I'm listening well, is this, I'm listening well if I put into practice what I have just heard. So this is the final message in this series we've been doing, which is Eyes Up and Anchors Down. And to me, this particular theme um, actually started back in November. And then in January, when our leaders sat down, our elders and our staff sat down and said, Where, where's God taking us next? As we talked about things and as we prayed about things, and in that particular weekend, we came to a decision that where God is taking us next is that his church here at Wildwood needs to learn to be able to, to focus each day on Jesus Christ. In other words, we talked about that how critical you know, our gathering is and our small groups are, but that there is an element that's necessary in every Christian that they have the ability all by themselves to focus each day. And then over the next couple of months... Uh, with the help of other people, we started talking about what would that look like, and we came up with this idea of we need to have our eyes up on Jesus and our anchors down in his word. In other words, we need to be able to have the ability to keep our relationship with Jesus Christ going even when something alters our ability to gather together. That all happened before COVID hit. I mean, God in his goodness knew way before all this happened what it was that we would need as a church family. And so our key verse is Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hebrews 2, 1. So let's all say it out loud together. Those of you who are online, you say it with us. Everybody here, say it out loud with us, all right? We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And it's so profound that it has to be intentional in our hearts and our lives. And so today, as we finish up this particular series, Jesus tells a story, sometimes called a parable, that is so simple and yet so very profound. 
And the key to his story is this. What you build your life upon will determine the impact of the storms on your faith. What you build your life upon will determine the impact of the storms on your faith. So I'm going to read. So if you turn to Matthew chapter 7 in your Bibles or the YouVersion app, those of you online, make sure that you're watching as well. It'll be on the screen. Open your Bibles. Matthew 7, I'm going to begin in verse 24 and read through verse 27. Jesus says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, the story of the two builders comes at the end of, or the conclusion of, one of the most comprehensive teachings of Jesus. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? He has been talking about all kinds of things, and so he's wrapping it up, and what he doesn't want to have happen with all that group of people is that they walk by him, you know, and they greet him, and they shake his hand, and they say, good, good message, preacher, and then they walk away and they forget about it. Jesus wants to make sure that it just doesn't go in one ear and out the other ear, but that they put it into practice. In other words, Jesus tells the story so that they, that group of people, and you and I in turn, will recognize we need to not just listen. We have to put into practice what it is that Jesus teaches us. So he does a couple of things. He gives us some comparisons in the story or some similarities, and he gives us some contrast in the story. So first, let's talk about some of the comparisons here. In other words, both of these men, first of all, shared the same vision. And what was that vision? They wanted to build a house. They wanted to, they had some dreams, they had some plans, they had some longings, they had some goals. They wanted to build a house. And so that concept of building a house represents you and I in our life, that there's some things that we have some dreams in, things that we want to do and accomplish. In other words, we want to be able to say, I, I've, I've lived a good life. We, we want to plan and think about that. We, we want to make sure that we're pleased with the life that we've lived. We want to make sure that God is pleased with the life that we lived. And so this concept of building a house is building a life of significance. And we all want to be able to do that. We all want to be able to look back at our life and see that kind of meaning. And so all of us fit into the story. So the first similarity is both men had the same vision. The second similarity is both men listened to divine truth. In other words, they went to the same church. Okay, They listened to the same preacher. Except in this case, the preacher that they were listening to was the best preacher you could ever possibly listen to. It was Jesus Christ himself. Both men had oriented their life to listening to the truth, the teaching of Jesus Christ. And so we're not talking about one of these guys having a love for hearing the truth and the other one having a disdain for hearing the truth. That's really important in this particular story. We're talking about both men who put themselves in a position where they could listen to the truth of Jesus Christ. So they had the same vision, they had the same instructions, and then the third comparison is they both faced the same storm. They must have lived in the same neighborhood because this was a doozy of a storm. Everybody, according to what Jesus teaches us, everyone is affected by a storm. 
And so every single person in this room went through COVID, right? It affected us in different ways. Every single one of you over the last several months have faced different kinds of crisis in your life. So they're not the same crisis, but we still all go through the same storm. Life is not always sunshine. And, and you know this and understand this, but every once in a while it's important to be reminded of that, right? That life has its challenges. Now in the story, Jesus is clearly not telling us you need to make sure that you build your life in a place that's safe and free from all problems. Okay, That's not the point of the story. In fact, what he's clearly saying is, you're going to have problems. As one person said, we're born naked, wet, and hungry, and then things get worse. Or if you eat right and you stay fit, you know what happens to you? You still die. And so Jesus isn't saying, pay attention to where, where you build your life, like you can somehow build it without problems. He's saying that you can't avoid the storms at all. That's an impossibility. So we all share the same vision, right? We all have the same instruction. You guys are all in the same place today. And we all endure the same storm. So you got two builders. And so Jesus gives us some comparisons. And then Jesus switches and he gives us some things that are different, some contrasts with these guys. And Jesus is really good at doing this. He, he often does that. Like he talked about the wide and the narrow gate, right? He talked about... Um, the plank in your eye or dust in your eye. Um, he talked about the wise man or the foolish man. He talked about the Democrats and the Republicans. Okay, he didn't do the last part. But Jesus oftentimes made some contrasts. So what were they? Well, first of all, these two guys possess two different characters. So what does Jesus call the first man in verse 24 there? He calls him the what? The wise man, right? He calls him the wise man. What does he call the other guy in verse 26? Say, say that again. He calls him what? Foolish. He calls him the foolish man. Now, it's really important for me to point this out to you. I didn't say that. Okay? That's what Jesus said in this particular passage. He calls the first guy wise. The second guy he calls a moron. Do you know that the Greek word for fool is the word for which we get the word moron. So Jesus is the one who calls one wise and one a fool. Wisdom in Scripture is the ability to take divine truth and to apply it to our lives. So the fool in Scripture is not necessarily the person who doesn't get information. Oftentimes they have the information. The fool in Scripture is the person who does little or nothing with the information that they have received. Now, if we're all being honest with ourselves, we would say, that's been me at some time in my life, right? Whether it was younger or whether it was older, we all struggle with this. But Proverbs is full of words about the fool who hears but does not respond. So these two guys are fundamentally different. I mean, they have the same right dreams. They have hear the same instruction, right? Go to the same church. They, they have the same storms in their life. And on the outside, you would think that they were Siamese twins, right? Because they looked exactly identical. But the description given by the Lord, it says that they are fundamentally different men. One's wise and one's a fool. 
and the two men also had different foundations. And that's very clear from the story, right? One man built his house on the what? The rock, and the other man built his house on the sand. Now, if you're like me and you grew up in church, I sang a song like this about this, you know, from the time I was a little kid. The rock and the sand. And so the difference between these two guys is this. They had the same dreams, but it's what went under the support of those dreams or what undergirded those dreams that was fundamentally different. They were not the same. And so what's really different about these two guys? Well, one of the things about them foundation and what they built the foundation upon, in other words, what was going through their mind when they chose the same foundation? Well, Luke tells the same story, records the same story. Here's Matthew's account. Luke tells the same story, but he uses some different words. And in Luke 6.48, it says, the wise man dug down deep. What, it, what he's talking about is it, in order to build on the rock, it's costly, right? It takes time and effort and energy for you and I to build our lives upon a solid foundation. It takes a lot of energy and effort. And the, this difference between the two men, I think, really is fundamentally rooted in the fact that this second man, this, this foolish man, he built a house for show. In other words, he wanted to look good. The first guy built his, the wise man built his house to last. The, the second man, the fool, he built his house so people would want to drive by and look at the house and say, well, isn't that a great house? He wanted to have all kinds of likes on Instagram. So let me, let me ask this question. Anybody recognize this particular picture here? Anybody, has anybody ever visited the Leaning Tower Pisa in here? Anybody? Okay, some of you have. Some of you online probably have too. All right, so the Leaning Tower of Pisa is built on what? It's built on pizza. Pisa. That means mud, marshy, muddy. In other words, it, it was built on something that was a terrible foundation. And apparently, they have to support this thing, use ropes or something to hold it up, or it literally will fall over. Now, my also other understanding about this particular tower is that there's nothing else really in this little town. It's like, this is it. This is the tourist attraction. This thing was not built now, at least it doesn't exist now, for somebody to live in. It, it exists as a tourist attraction. It's only there for show. So are you building a tourist attraction, or are you about building something that will last? Are you about building a tourist attraction with your life or with your family? And what's interesting in this story is nobody can tell by looking at the builders which one is the one that hears and which one is the one that hears and does. What is it that demonstrates the difference between the two builders? It is the storm. It takes a storm to reveal whether you are a hearer or a doer. I mean, it's so easy to be a Christian at other seasons than COVID, right? It's so easy to be a Christian when life is good and everything's working out for us and we're really happy about things. I don't know about you, <clears throat> just an honest confession. 
these last eight months have really pushed and tested my faith and my relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I bet you we could sit here and talk about some of the different things that you've personally had to face that maybe either you've never faced before or because of the circumstances it just made it so very difficult for you. I mean, it is the storms that reveal the level of our faith. So we have two different builders with two different characters and two different foundations. So end of story, that's a great sermon preacher. Now let's go home, sign off. Let's watch a little bit of football, right? It's a great question. How firm is your foundation? You know, what are you building your life upon? So let me give, let's try to help us apply this by, let me give you two principles. Number one, our foundation is formed by intentional choices. Okay? Our foundation in life is formed by our intentional choices. We have to first make the decision to listen to the Word of God. Right? I mean, not all people do that. And so it begins by truly listening to God, to intentionally choose to listen to Jesus Christ. We do that by what? By taking time in our life to open the Word, right? By doing what you're doing here today, whether you're with us or you're online, by listening to the Word being preached to someone. It, it happens by intentionally choosing to have a time in our day where we choose to let God speak into our life, and the way we do that is by His Word. We let Him speak to us. So what place does God's Word have in your life? Over the last seven to eight months, what, what does that look like for you? In the midst of the craziness called COVID, what place has God had in your life? There's so many tools to be able to use. That's one of the things we talked about a lot this year 
You know, the YouVersion app is a great one. Bible reading plans. Even our small groups are great tools to help you to be able to spend time in God's Word. But it's got to be your intentional choice, my intentional choice. One of the things that we um, did this year, or this series, is um, we provided what we called six different anchors or tools to help you either keep your eyes up on Jesus or your anchors down in the Word of God. And so over this series, we've, we've shown six different videos. And so today is the last one that we want to show you. Here is another way that you can keep your eyes up and your anchor down on Jesus Christ. Watch this. So behind me is the St. Louis Art Museum. Housed in it are tons of art pieces that artists have used to be able to express how they feel maybe, how they feel about a situation they've been through, how they feel about maybe something political, something that went on in our world. They want to express themselves through their art. They use their talents to express themselves. And I feel like this was just the perfect place to film in front of whenever talking about the anchor of creative expression. God has gifted each of us with different talents, and he made us in order to exalt and praise him. So using our creative expression as a way to exalt him through the talents he's gifted us is a way to keep our eyes up and then using those things to serve him is a way to keep our anchors down now i know i said i'm filming from an art museum for creative expression but art isn't the only way for us to use creative expression as our anchor um, you may use dance you may use you just the talents that you have for me in particular i have a talent for cooking i love to cook and i love whenever I get to serve a different family or somebody with a meal that I get to prepare for them whenever they need it, whether they're going through something hard or somebody um, maybe is sick in their family, whatever that might be. I love when I get that opportunity to keep my eyes up and anchors down and creatively express my praise for the Lord in serving them and making a meal for them. Use the talents that you have, the talents that God has gifted you with, and turn them around and bless others with them and praise him with them. What can you do creative, through creative expression to keep your eyes up and your anchors down? So what, what kind of intentional choices do you need to make in order to make sure that you're spending time letting God speak into your life so that you can act upon his word? I mean, what kind of intentional choices do you need to make to ensure you're forming the foundation of God and God's Word in your heart and your life, no matter what age or stage of life you happen to be. And so the first principle is our foundation is formed by intentional choices, and the second principle is this, our foundation is formed before the storms come. I mean, it's critical for you and I to understand you can't pour a foundation when there's a storm happening, right? When it's raining or when it's snowing. It, a foundation, whatever foundation you're going to have, it's got to be solidified before the tragedy or the heartbreak or the heartache hits your life and my life. And in fact, the truth is, foundation, it's kind of formed and reformed, right? It's like sometimes I form it and then a storm comes and I realize, you know, it needs to be stronger and I, so I keep working on that. So why is it that God allows us to have storms in our life? Why does God give us storms? It's because it lets us know what kind of foundation I'm building my life on. I mean, I, that was clearly revealed to me over the last eight months as I battled through different kinds of things in my own life. It's like, you know, you still got some work to do in your life, Doug. Whether you're 
really resting on the truth of God or if you're just listening to it. Because there's a lot of difference between, you know, saying amen on a Sunday morning and saying amen on a Monday morning, right? There's a lot of difference between singing worship songs when everything's going right and singing worship songs when everything is going wrong. And so you need to understand that the goal of my preaching is not just to give information. It's not just to help you to be able to listen well. It's not just to help you to be able to go out and say, that's a great message, preacher. I appreciate that. The goal of every sermon I preach is for you and I to do something about it, to be able to say, so what, and now what? So what? What do I do? What, what about this, and now what do I do? In other words, what do I put into action? So I don't know what kind of storms or hurricanes or storms you're facing in your life. You're either coming out of a storm or there's another one right around the corner. We, we all have storms that we face in our life. Um, but I do know that our Savior was built for any storm that you happen to have in your life. He can deal with them. He can be in the boat with us. He can help us in the midst of those storms. He is our foundation, which involves the truth of God applied to the realities of your life and my life. See, foundations are just not just information that we stand on. A foundation or the Word of God is, is not just something that I you know, carry under my arm or have on my phone. It, it is something to be applied to every single area of my life. It's like the operating manual of my life. So what differentiated these two men? Both heard, but only one did. And I wish I could you know, promise to us that by... You know, hearing God's word means that you're not going to have any kind of storms or problems in your life. You know, you won't have any marriage problems. You won't have problems with your kids. You won't have any financial issues. You won't have any kind of illness or sickness. What, what I can tell you is that adhering to God's word means that whatever storm it is you face in your life, that storm will not have the last word. Because if your foundation is sure, no storm will cause your life to collapse. The reins of adversity, they will fall. There's no question about it. That's just life. But the good news is this, that if you build your life on the truth of Jesus Christ, it will not collapse. And so Jesus wants us to know, or wants to ask us, are you really listening? Am I really listening? So in his book, Resolving Everyday Conflict, Ken Sandy tells the following story. He says, one day during my morning run, I noticed a blind woman walking on the other side of the street with her seeing-eye dog, a beautiful golden retriever. And as I was about to pass them, I noticed a car blocking a driveway a few paces ahead of them. It was stuck out over the sidewalk where it might not normally be. And at that moment, the dog paused and gently pressed his shoulder against the woman's leg, signaling her to turn aside so that they could get around the car. And I'm sure she normally followed his lead, but that day she didn't seem to trust him. She'd probably walked that route many times before and knew this was not the normal place to make a turn. Whatever the cause, she wouldn't move to the side and instead gave him the signal to move ahead. 
He again pressed his shoulder against her leg, trying to guide her on a safe path. And she angrily ordered the dog to go forward. And when he declined, her temper flared. And I was about to speak up when the dog once more put his shoulder gently against her leg. And sure enough, she kicked out at him. And then she impulsively stepped forward and pumped square into the car. And reaching out to fill the shape in front of her, She immediately realized what had happened, and dropping to her knees, she threw her arms around the dog and apologized profusely. See, the answer to the question from Jesus, are you listening, is I am if I'm following his lead. Too often, we're really good at thinking, I I know better. You know, I've been here before. I've handled this before. This, you know, Jesus, you... You don't, you don't really need to help me out with this particular one. One of the reasons I love this parable is because it shows the deep love of Jesus for every one of us. That he wants us to know that life lived on the foundation of the truth of God's word, that when we put that into practice, he said that's how life is lived best. This, this parable is like this invitation from Jesus to do and not simply to hear. But the warning of Jesus is also profound. When we choose to not put into practice what Jesus teaches us, Jesus clearly calls us a fool. His love is deep, but his warning is very clear. So we want to have our eyes up on Jesus Christ. We want to have our anchors down in the truth of God's Word. And I'm so thankful for God bringing His church here at Wildwood to a place where we've been able to look through this and talk about this, to be able to spend time and let this truth impact us at such a needed time. And so... I'm going to pray for us and then we'll have another time of worship. And I just want you to just sit where you're at and you can sing as we worship together. But I really want you to reflect upon what intentional choices do I need to make so that I'm ensuring that I'm hearing God and then what foundation am I building upon? And I know I'm building upon the foundation of God when I do what? When I put it into practice. So let me pray for us and then just remain sitting as we continue to worship together. Lord, I thank you for your great love for me and your amazing patience. And Lord, I confess to times of being the fool in this story, of either being tired or thinking I know best or I don't know what, God. And so... Together, we thank you for your love and sharing this story. And Lord, clarifying our minds where we need to put into practice something that you've been trying to get us to pay attention to. And Lord, help us to quit running smack into other things and be willing to listen to you and your love. Thank you that no matter the storm that we have in our life, that you are always with us, Lord. And it is in your most precious name we pray. Amen.